Please read with me from Colossians 1.16 ESV version. Let's go. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Let's read Daniel 3 verse 29 ASV version. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save this week. Can I hear a good amen? These scriptures that we just read reveal the sovereignty, sovereignty of God over the affairs of people, even individual, and the destiny of nations. Today, I just want to, I've titled this message, Discovering God's Sovereignty Over the Nations. Discovering God's Sovereignty Over Nations. Hallelujah. The word sovereignty means, simply put, it means supreme power, freedom from external control or controlling influence. Sovereignty means, in our dictionary, I believe I got it from the Webster's Dictionary, supreme power, not just any power, supreme power. Freedom from external control or controlling influence. I must also give you a definition of the word, of the, of, of the word nation. Of the word nation. But before I do that, first of all, let me just mention this. You know that we were created not to live unto ourselves, but to live for him and unto him. You know, that's Colossians 1.17. This is why we were created. All of us were created for that very purpose. Not to live unto ourselves, but for him and unto him. On this Mission Sunday, this is an important statement. Why are we alive? You see, we serve a God who has no match. He has no equal. He, or he, he doesn't even have a worthy competitor. Isn't it amazing how God created the nations? And then he went on to create a nation. Everybody say a nation. Within the nations. A nation called his people. A nation that is baptized in his love. A nation that is equipped with the gift of faith and belief. No, a nation that is sanctified and cleansed and set apart to be his peculiar treasure on earth. God, who created all the nations, created a nation for himself. That today we call the church. Come on, turn to somebody and tell me, that's us. God's talking about you and I today, so you're relevant today, even where this message is concerned. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Now, the word nation means a community of people composed of one or more nationalities and possessing a more or less defined territory and government. The word nation appears, as you write it down, it appears 677 times. I think about 611 is the word nation. The word nations appears 
the balance of that, which is about 50, uh, 61 or so, you know, times, actually 66 times. So t in total, 677 times. I looked at where it featured the most. It's amazing. Between 80, 80 plus to 99 in Jeremiah. It appears 99 times in the book of Jeremiah alone. 94 times in the book of Psalms. 80s and 86 and 87 covers the book of Isaiah, the book of, you know, Daniel. And, you know, amazing that this is a, a serious word. Nation and nations appear so much in the, you know, a lot of times in the Bible. Now, today we, we say that Kenya is a free, independent and self-governing nation. And of course, what we are also saying based on the definition of sovereignty, we say Kenya is a sovereign nation. What we are also saying about Kenya is that it is not subject to the rule or control of another. That's what we mean when we talk about sovereignty, supreme power. So we are saying Kenya is independent. Kenya, because this is where we live, is free, is self-governing. Is that really true? I'm not sure that this statement is true. That's just my own opinion. This can only be partially true concerning every other nation of the world. Can I hear a good amen? See, the world is quickly evolving into a global village. I mean, right here, and I'm telling you people I've talked to, who have joined or have become members of this church. I've talked to Burundians, South Africans, uh, two weeks, uh, two, about two, three months ago, are in this church. We're talking about West Africans. My brother, you there be here now. You know, we're talking about people from West Africa, Senegalese. They're here in this church as we speak. People from Europe, the United Kingdom. I'm not talking about Kisumu. United Kisumu, I'm talking about the United Kingdom, London Express. I'm talking about people uh, from every nation are here. The Americans, the Canadians are in this country as we speak. You know, you might turn to somebody and you don't recognize where they are from. Let me tell you, they are from God's creation because he created nations and people groups and he set them into every, every, every place that he sought fit to set them in. Amen. That's why I want to help Miss McKenna when she was preaching last Sunday and she said the prices of Ugali, the prices of oil, the prices of petrol have skyrocketed. I'll give you one of the reasons because this global village impacts and affects all people if one nation is affected, if one people group is affected. So what are we talking about? Russia sneezes over Ukraine and all these prices go crazy. Amen. So, we are no longer sovereign. How can we say we are sovereign when outside, we are, not, we are still under the control of outside influences. They control, they govern us, they dictate to us whether we like it or not. So, what qualifies God, God to be sovereign? I'm glad you asked. Three things in particular. Number one, He's the creator. Everybody say creator. He's the creator of heaven and earth. 
He's the creator of the land and the seas. He's the creator of the mountains and the valleys. He's the creator of the oceans and the rivers and every stream you can talk about. No wonder, man, no wonder. When you are the creator, you are the commander. You are sovereign over what you create. Is it any wonder that when God wanted to cross his people, what did he do through a Red Sea? He just told Moses, stretch forth the rod and the waters dried up. <laughs> you know, that rod was no longer the rod of Moses, it was the rod of God. Saints of God, that's what the word of God in your hands can do. It can create paths that God, only God can create. If you use the word of God according to his command, shout yes. Secondly, what qualifies God to be sovereign? His kingship. His kingship. Amen. His kingship. It was a kingship. Why? His kinship is without end. God is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. Amen. You can vote for him by giving him your heart and submitting to his lordship. But even if you choose not to, I want you to know he's a Lord of heaven and earth. And the Bible says one day he will return and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Shout amen. Now I want you to say Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you say, shout it with me? Come on, say it again. Now I want you to say it. What meaning it in your heart is he Lord over your life? Say, Jesus Christ. Now, come on, say it, say it with, with an unction. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. He is Lord indeed. Whether we know it, whether we believe it, whether we say yes or not, he is Lord. Amen. The other thing is that, uh, that uh, as I finish, this point is that he's omniscient. Omniscient. He knows everything. Some of us claim to know everything, but I think that's a very little, you know, it's just a very little mindset. First John chapter 3, verse 20 says, He knows all things. He's omnipotent. God has all power. Job 42 verse 2 says, I know you can do all things, not some things. God can do all things. This speaks about his sovereignty. You see, no purpose of God can be thwarted. That's what Job said. Because you can do all things. and Nobody, nobody can prevent your purpose or you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. His omnipresence. Omnipresent. So his omnipresence means he's everywhere. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He's a God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Psalms 46, it says that God, God is our refuge and our strength. Our very present. Everybody say present. Present help. We sang about help. He's our helper. No matter what time or season we may find ourselves in. Amen. Wow. To understand sovereignty. In a simple and very light manner because nobody can truly describe the sovereignty of God. If a man were to put an ant in a bowl, the sovereignty of the man over the, the ant is not in doubt. The ant may try to crawl out and the man may not want this to happen. But the man is not forced to crush the ant, drown the ant, or even pick it up. 
and let it crawl away. But note this. But the man, whether he allows any of all those things I've mentioned, is still in control over the ant. This just reveals the weakness of one and the greatness of another. I mean, the man didn't even create the ant, but he looks like a giant, like God to the ant. What about the creator himself? What about the creator himself? To our problems, to our circumstances, to our situations, to our difficulties, to our questions, to our wonders. Come on, to our worries. What about that? In like manner, God stands supreme over human history and sovereignly over the nations of the world. Come on, shout yes. I want to turn right now to a scripture in Romans 8.28. You all know it. So I'll just read it, read it with me, and then we move on from here. The Bible says, and we know from the Amplified, Romans 8.28, and we know with great confidence, read with me, and we know with great confidence that God, with, uh, who is deeply concerned about, oh, can you just first stop there right there? God who? Please turn to somebody and tell them, did you know he's deeply concerned about you? This is not a surface issue. He's deeply concerned about you. Causes all things. Let's continue. Causes all things, not some things, to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Romans 8.28. The word accord means give grants. To grant someone power, status, or recognition. God, God, you said, those who are called have been given and have been granted the power, the power, the status, the recognition to see his plan and his purposes fulfilled in their lives and in all that is before them. Amen. So I want, I want to close this message by, by, by saying this. Two things. Number one, God's sovereignty is revealed in, in these two ways. Through those, number one, who love God. Those who do what? Love God. How do you love God? How do you and I love God? Do you truly, sincerely love Him? Do you serve Him? How does your love for God manifest? How is it displayed in the way that you serve Him? Because you can't say you love somebody and you don't serve them. The Apostle Paul says... That God is deeply concerned about us and will cause or facilitate or partner with us to make his plans come to pass. To make his will come to pass. To make his purposes come to pass. When we do what? When we love him. Amen. Because then all things, not some things, work together as a plan for good for those who love him. Wow. Isn't it much easier to do something for someone who genuinely loves you, not just does things for you? Love makes everything easy. Job loved God, and the test he suffered and went through just made God overflow 
in his life. Amen? You see, God loved us and chose us in Abraham, who faithfully followed the Lord. And God worked everything for his good. You check Abraham's life, everything worked for good. I have no time to enumerate how many times from the time he left, nobody ever attacked Abraham and won. No battle he fought, he lost. At one time, he fought kings with only 318 men from his household. Trained men that he trained himself. And he brought back Lot, his nephew, after fighting five kings. That means God is on your side, my friend. When you love God and trust God, you don't have to worry about who's against you. Then Jacob came and God said, Jacob, I have loved. Jacob, I have loved. Hallelujah. Jacob, I have loved. So he loved him too, just like he loved Isaac. The, that, and it says here, every promise was fulfilled to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As long as they what? Loved him. Kept his love. He even promised to bless all the nations. Genesis 12. All the nations of the world, all the nations of the world, through what? Through them. This includes us as a church. We are part of that blessing. Amen. You know, this is a prophecy for the church. We are here in these end times to become the blessing and the nation of God that will release his blessing to all the world. Amen. Then came the fallout. See, we can love and we can fall out of love. And I just want to enumerate this. How they fell out of love. They, for, by forsaking God. Deuteronomy 28, 20. Forsaking his covenant. Deuteronomy 29, 25. Serving other gods. Judges 10, 13. Worshipping other gods. 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 33. Not obeying God's voice. J Jeremiah 9, 13. Not obeying his commandments. 1 Kings 18, 18. Not seeking God. Psalms 9, 10. Wickedness, Psalms 37, 25. They backslid, Isaiah 1, 4. They had no fear of God, Jeremiah 2, 19. Adultery, they committed adultery, worshiping other gods, Jeremiah 5, 7. They forsook the right way, Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 15. This, this is why, this is why you see, Peter out there, I mean, uh, uh, Paul out there, preaching and trying to help nations in Thessalonica and Berea and all the places. If you read in, in chapter 17 of, uh, of the book of Acts, and, uh, and uh, standing at Athens on Mass Hill, and he's telling, he's telling the world about Jesus. This God is too great. He cannot be contained in human temples, things that are built by human hand. He's too big for that. And yet he's chosen to come and live in the hearts of ordinary men and women. This is when everything starts going wrong, when we, our affections are turned away from him. Nothing then seems to work for our good. But God himself took charge of his people. He took Jacob as his own personal concern. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 9 message. We must realize also that what is true for an individual is also true for a nation. And I want to give you a second point. Who, the second, it says here, the sovereignty of God is revealed in ways through those, okay, 
two ways. The second one is those who are called to fulfill his unique plan and purpose on earth. Called to fulfill his unique plan and purpose for life. No matter where you find yourself, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. See, God created Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, he called them out. Come on, we are called out ourselves. Amen? He called Joseph to go to Egypt. He used him powerfully over that nation. He called Moses and sent him as a deliverer. He called, he called Daniel, even in the days of captivity, and chose him. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the scripture we read. They found themselves in difficult circumstances, unique situations, yet God used them mightily in foreign land. God had promised to set his people above all the nations of the world, and he keeps his promise. Amen? God humbled Israel for 70 years. As the Chaldeans came to Israel, its king, this is Israel's king, the vessels of the temple, went into Babylonian captivity and the people of Israel, they destroyed the temple and broke down the walls of Jerusalem. As we speak today, there's been a trend in our nation, this country of Kenya, a trend that is seeking to return us to forms of ancestral worship, animistic worship. This comes, you know, it's attacking our marriages. It's attacking our worship. It's attacking our, 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 what do you call them, our, our, um, aspects of worship like, like, like communion and dedication, even of babies and children, initiation. It's, it's seeking to attack the very core of our Christianity. This comes with serious spiritual, social, and economic implications. Let me tell you, you, you have to be careful because God is, when you start seeing these are signs of degradation in a nation. God, even in those days, humbled up his own nation, his own people, called by his name. God humbled even the ruler, Nebuchadnezzar, and humbled him for seven years. Why? Pride came into his heart, Daniel. Chapter 5, verse 21, it says in the NCV version, Until he learned that the Most High God has sovereignty over the kingdoms of men and appointed, appoints whom he wishes to rule it. He ate grass like an animal. Seven years until he was restored later. Let me tell you, while we are balancing against going back to all these forms of worship. And then on the other side, there is another wave of witchcraft and, and sorcery and believing in and worshiping things of the dead. Let me tell you, Kenya, we've got to arise and turn to God. There is only one sovereign God. There is only one king. And let me tell you, when he created the nation through Abraham, it was a godly nation. It was a righteous nation. And now he's planted that nation among the nations of the earth. That church has to be godly and pure and be apart from everything. Secularism, humanism, and every evil work that the enemy is trying to plant in our nation as in many other nations of the world. Shout amen. Hallelujah. God is in charge. Not leaders. Not governments. Not nations. And he puts a limit to what people, governments, nations can do through what? Supernatural intervention. Through what? Again, through his own people. The Tower of Babel had to be intervened in supernaturally. 
God brought confusion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the scripture we began with, what did the, de- the enemy try to do in Nebuchadnezzar? He tried to destroy. He had become so great that now he wanted to be worshipped. And he said, everybody must bow down. Appointed by God, but now he's appointing himself a God. Psalms 33 verse 10 says, The Lord overrules what the nations plan. He frustrates what the people intend to do. Jeremiah 5.22 Jeremiah says, Should you not fear me, declares the Lord. Should you not tremble in my presence. I made the sand a boundary for the sea. An everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. Come on, the one who creates can decree anything because he owns everything. Psalms 97.1, part A. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let me tell you, we don't have a reason to rejoice if God is not sovereign over everything. If he's not sovereign of our nation, we cannot afford to rejoice. If he's not sovereign, there cannot be joy. God rules and reigns over the affairs of nations. Nothing catches him by surprise. Let's take a brief look right here at the history of some of the nations and their leaders. God raised Pharaoh in Egypt. He worshipped the Nile God. Wagangas were in state house. God raised Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. He worshipped astrology, worshipped magic, magic arts, sorcery, and he worshipped himself. God raised King Cyrus, not even a believer. And God used him to repatriate Jews and rebuild the temple in Israel. Many of Israel's leaders were wicked, rebellious, heartless, and they misled the nations. The journey of Israel, mark this, the journey of Israel with her leaders parallels what affects the destiny of peoples and nations today. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I believe that, I, I, I believe, you know, that this is a journey. And listen what? God wants us to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God has placed us where we are to be the salt and light. Even now in this season. See, three things they did. They worshipped other gods and self-worship. Turning away from God's word, God's truth, and God's ways. Pride. Everybody say pride. Pride set in. Herod was eaten by worms when he refused to give glory to God in Acts chapter 12 and verse 23. There's a man I was reading about called Tancredo Nevis. He was running for presidency in, in, in the 50s in Brazil. This is what he said, I quote, If I get 500,000 votes from my party, not even God would remove me from presidency. He died a day before being inaugurated. Lesson, God can raise and use anybody. He chooses to. Psalms 75 verse 7 in the NIV, it is God who judges. He brings one down and exalts another. I want to finish this message. No matter, come on, listen to me. No matter what, who wins the elections on the 9th after we vote, it is not an end to this nation. It is not the end of the road for Kenya. It, it is just the beginning of a new era. You say, why? Why? Because we serve a sovereign God. He's a God of the nations. He's a God of our all. 
He's the beginning and the end. The Bible says in Psalm 32, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Whose God is the Lord. Not your party, not your candidate. Not man, not politics. Sometimes we want to fight each other because of parties and candidates and everything. Put that aside, especially I'm speaking to believers right now. Put your trust in God. Hallelujah. Let us all keep our eyes on the Lord. God can give the kingdom to whosoever he chooses. Proverbs 16.33, make your motion, cast your votes, but God has the final say. God got this nation in his hands. And even if things don't turn the way you prayed or I prayed or we prayed, guess what? You just better trust in his sovereignty. Psalms 22 says he rules over the nations. He's the God of the nations. We sang it. Isaiah 40 verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. Psalms 127 reminds us that we can trust the Lord who watches over our city and our nation. He never slumbers or sleeps. Let's keep the faith for we have what it takes to change the nations of the world. If anyone should believe in the goodness of God, it's us. It's the church of the living God, the sovereign God. Let's remain like faithful like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are not changed by their circumstances and, and their world, but through faith in God, extraordinary courage, and an excellent spirit change their world. Amen. I want us to quote and just to read what we declare over this nation. Are you ready? Come on, let's go ahead. We declare Let's read together. We declare, number one, that the land and nation of Kenya is in the hands of Almighty God. We declare good health and security for all contestants and especially the presidential candidates. Number three, we declare that our politicians will be cautious of the words they speak to avoid chaos in this country. Number four, we declare that our communities that have lived together in harmony for many years shall continue to peacefully coexist. We declare that our watchdogs institutions, IBC, Judiciary, Kenya Police, civil societies, and all election observers do their job. Our God, who neither sleeps nor slumbers, will watch over the election process in this nation. We declare that the spiritual forces of deception, confusion, and every evil work are defeated over Kenya and every altar of false worship broken in Jesus' name. We declare that the media will remain nonpartisan in their coverage of the entire election and that inflammatory language will be censored, thus alleviating fear, agitation, and violence. We declare a free, fair, and credible elections on Tuesday the 9th of August 2022. We declare that a new president will be declared and inaugurated under a peaceful environment in the Republic of Kenya. We declare a smooth, orderly, and constitutional-based transition of power in this country. We declare that we, the church, will continue to be the salt and light in this nation. Hallelujah. We declare peace before, during, and after the general elections throughout the entire nation. We declare God's goodness and prosperity over the people of this land. Kenya 
in Jesus' name. And finally, this is a good scripture I found. Isaiah 60, 17, part B. I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. Can you give God an ovation of praise? Can you give God an ovation of praise? Come on. He's worthy. He's worthy. Father, we declare your name over this land. We worship you of our nation. We declare, Lord, that you are sovereign. Sovereign in power. Sovereign in action. Sovereign, O oh God, in your mercy, in your goodness concerning the sons of men. We say faithful is your name. God, I pray that you return our hearts to love you. That we will love you. We rededicate our lives to you. Our hearts to you. That we walk in your truth. Walk in your ways. Walk oh God according to your commands and to your standards and values Father I pray even now that we are the called according to your plans according to your unique purposes oh God that we are not left out like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Daniel even in captivity Lord we are able to stand and not be changed by our world by our circumstances but change them through God who is mighty to save in Jesus' name. Give God a shout of praise like you haven't given him all. Yes! Yes! Yes, Lord! Hallelujah. Can I speak prophetically over this church and over the, the one who saves? We have come to worship. The one we love, we are worshiping right now. We will return to this place to worship Him and to honor Him. The one who saves, the one who loves, the one who delivers. Can you give Him one more vision of praise as we close this service? In Jesus' name, Savior, take all the glory, take all the honor. God bless you. Have a great week and vote. And after you vote, go home. Go home. Don't linger. Don't debate about, about who and what. Go home and stay home and worship God over this nation. God bless you.